Hello and welcome to episode 29 yep. of That's What People Do. Uh, you're joined by me, Ryan McGowan. You've got James K with me again. Bonjour. Dan. Hello, buddy. Uh, this week, we are talking about uh, Mr. H.H. H. Holmes, uh, a.k.a. America's first urban serial killer. Um, so we'll just crack on and let's get straight into him. So Henry Howard Holmes, if you ever wondered what the HH stood for, Henry Howard Holmes was born Herman Webster Mudgett. There's a lot of H's there. Yeah, there was a lot of H's, yeah. Um, so he was born Herman Webster Mudgett on May 16th, 1861 in Gilmanton, New Hampshire. Now, uh, not much I know about his early life, okay? But he was the third child born to his parents, Horton Mudgett, Another H. H, H. And Theodate, or Theodate, but it's Theo, D-A-T-E, like date. So Theodate Page Price, her name was. Okay. Uh, that's his mother. Both were relatively respectable, with Horton dabbling in farming, trading, and painting slash decorating. Nice. So, Holmes was beat by his father. There it is. When being punished, but... I don't think that is out of the ordinary for the, for the time. time. Yeah, fair, okay. Yeah. Okay. Holmes uh, would also um, fantasise, for some reason, about his parents' death as a child, but particularly after the Great Fire of London, he would fantasise about them being burned alive in a fire. Right. Yeah, weird. Right, so last week we spoke about Fred and Rose West. Yes. And um, you said that nearly all serial killers have some sort of shit background. Yeah. Now, with this, I don't think that he, Holmes, has had necessarily that bad background that we may think. Mm. He's been beaten by his dad, but I don't think it's any worse than any other kid got. Like, they got slapped by their dad or whatever. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, maybe I'm really vastly generalising, but... Around the time, there was no like Drunk dad comes home from the bar, has a punch, like, oh, get yeah. back, throws the table over across the fucking kitchen, all that kind of shit. Yeah. I don't think it was really out of the ordinary. No, um, it, it, seem, it seems like... So, yeah. So, it does seem a bit odd that at the age of around 10, he's fantasising about his parents being killed. Maybe he was just born evil. Maybe. He thinks so. He thinks he was born with a devil inside him. Uh, then, right, there we go. But, you know, that's just an excuse for yourself, and it really? Just yeah. say, oh, it wasn't me. It was the devil inside of me. I'm just a little bit fucked up. Yeah. So, as I say, he was fantasising about his parents being burnt, in, burnt alive in the Great Fire of Chicago. This happened in 1871, so Holmes, as I say, would be around 10 years old about this time, thinking about it. So, teenagers fantasising about their parents being dead, kind of yeah, yeah. emo, goth phase, oh god, mum, leave me alone, that kind yeah. of shit. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you, you go through a phase of, phase of wanting your parents to distance themselves, but I've never yeah. fantasised about them dying. No, I used, to have, I used to have a reoccurring dream when I was a child. I realise this is almost like my therapy. Like, I've spoke about my dad. <laughs> I've spoken <laughs> about my dreams. Like, when I was a child, I used to have this reoccurring dream uh, of this house that I grew up in as a kid was on fire. Right. I was stood outside on the pavement watching it burn, not able to do anything, whilst my mum and two sisters were in the closet downstairs, unable to get out. Yeah, I don't think I'm qualified to talk no, you through this no, no I mean I don't, I don't expect you have the answers there but I mean that was reoccurring it was a reoccurring dream. I used to have it a lot as a kid and I used to wake up like terrified and sweaty and horrible it, there's something in your subconscious that makes you think that yeah yeah I mean to be fair the parents had recently gone through a divorce 
we were yeah. uh, about to leave the home that I'd grown up in as a kid. Yeah, maybe so it maybe felt like that's, a lot of change. Uh, I'm losing my family, maybe. My family's distanced. And I'm losing, losing the house, home, the yeah. family home. Yeah. The fa- oh, the family home is yeah. going. There we are. We've cracked it. I think that's it. This is why I came here today. We've had a breakthrough. <laughs> this is why I do this. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Parents, kids have always got like some oh, mum, dad, leave me alone kind of thing. Like, that happens, right? Kids get a bit weird about parents and want yeah. to distance them, like you said. Well, if that is not already a minor red flag, one day he was forced by a group of older boys uh, to go to the doctor's surgery. Now, uh, a place he was terrified of at the time, uh, and rightly so, because back then, these places were filled with you know, bodies, you know, uh, yeah. cadavers out back that yeah. doctors would be doing experiments on, you know, uh, doing the, looking at the anatomy and doing yeah. a dissection here, learning how the body works. And there would be, you know, the traditional skeleton hung up, yeah. you know, just hanging. Medical in. science wasn't Medical, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't brilliant. It was like very DIY back then, mm-hmm. right? Now, naturally, like, Holmes was scared of that as a kid, right? These boys, they dragged him to the back of the doctor's surgery, whether it's full of, you know, bodies and yeah. skeletons and that but when face to face with a skull his fear completely went away for some odd reason he had some morbid curiosity that began making him want to go into medical school I feel like I've this was exactly the same as someone else or maybe I've just seen something on H.H. H. Holmes maybe that happened to someone else did it really? that exact exact I've heard that exact thing not like the wording but that happened to someone else Maybe you have watched the H.H. H. Holmes documentary. That's probably what it is. Maybe. Because if it is, that's crazy that there's someone else who's had the similar... Just stared at a skull. That's really like, going to fuck me off. Mm. Tell me more about H.H. H. Holmes and I'll okay. tell you if it is this. Okay. So, when Holmes was 16, he graduated from high school. He met uh, and fell head over heels for a girl called Clara Lovering, who he married and had a son with called Robert. Uh, Robert later went on to become city manager of Orlando, Florida. Woo, Fun fact, me. I am going to Florida in April. So if there are any listeners, which I know there are, in say hi. <laughs> um, we know where you are. Yeah, I know where you are. I can see you <laughs> listening here. So uh, anyway, right. Holmes was a poor husband, all right? He fucked off to Vermont to begin his studies in the medical world, leaving his wife and child at home. Uh, home, living, home, home's home. Home's home, yes. Uh, he was living that student life. He hooked up with a girl out there, but he soon... Norte, norte. Yeah, she soon found out that he was married and left him. Yep, wise, wise woman. Pretty fair. Now, remember that morbid curiosity that he has? Yep. Uh, it came to a head when the wife of the owner of the boarding house that he was staying in found a dead baby under his bed in his room. I would advise keeping dead babies under beds. I would, I would, I would, yeah, don't, don't keep dead babies under your bed. No. Now, when called out on it, he claimed it was homework to experiment with dissections from medical school. Oh, that's right then, he was just dissecting a dead baby, fine, as you were. You gotta learn somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. <laughs> did, you, did you ever dissect a pig's heart at school? Uh, <laughs> well, I was supposed to, but I, I'm not gonna lie, my, I don't think my mum listens to this, I used to take a lot of time off school, and I think I, I didn't go in that day. That is not the day to skip. No. I, I remember <laughs> the next not. day everyone was like, oh, we did this. And I was like, yeah, I played Xbox. Damn. I, I used to not enjoy Thursdays because I had German, so I used to take most Thursdays off. <laughs> I didn't like German, so I just took one off. Brilliant. Yeah. Love that. Uh, yeah, I remember dissecting a pig's heart. That was kind of fun. You stick your finger through the valve. 
Excuse like, me? Yeah, there's like there's valves in the heart where like the blood would go through. Yeah. And you can they always like, oh, stick your finger in it like yeah. I felt like I missed out. You did miss out. I'm saying that, talking about pig's heart, I once did a uh, piece of I'd call it performance art where I had a pig's heart on stage and I ripped it in two. That is cool. It, I, however, my my the issue that I found is that I bought them a week prior, oh, and no. I didn't freeze them. I just kept them in the fridge. So I had one to rehearse with. It was fine, fine, absolutely fine. Came to performance day, and the only one I had to use had gone rancid. And I went to the butchers and was like, I desperately need another pig's heart. Please give me another <laughs> pig's heart. And they were like, we, we don't have it. We can order one for you. I was like, well, that's not good enough. So I ended up, I can, there's a video of it online of me rubbing this rancid pig's heart on my body and then ripping it in twain. Oh, mate. Did it smell? Oh, it was fucking vile. And there was fake blood everywhere. Like, I, genuinely, I think I was going through a phase. And like, it it was, people afterwards came up to give me a hug to say, well done. I was like, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like for the next week, I fucking wouldn't. No else to put your finger in the valve. It was fucking tough. It was like rubber. It is tough, isn't it? How do you cut through that? They're hard. Me tr- are tough. Like, I I tried to rip it in part a heart with my hands, and like I got some of it, but a lot of it was. Yeah, hearts are really tough, strong little things. Yeah, fucking pig's heart. <laughs> Never touch one of them again. What a shit idea. Um, I like how like we've managed to segue from a dead baby under a bed to that. Oh yeah. Um, because he was dissecting dead babies. Where yes. did he get a dead baby? Uh, so he was at medical school. And they just had dead babies. Well, yeah, so he's at medical school, so he's learning about the bodies, and uh, what Holmes was kind of fond of was taking parts or bodies away uh, for private study at his own leisure. Right. And he kind of was really into that kind of stuff, which, uh, you know, is not allowed. He's not he's not allowed to be taking this stuff out of class or yeah. the more morgues that yeah. they're sat in but naturally you can't just take dead babies around with you yeah you don't just nick dead babies like where did he put it like in his Un- briefcase <laughs> like where in a fucking shoebox yeah in a shoebox oh dear so yeah she was like you can't be doing that he was like it's homework and she was like i don't give a shit that's not happening anymore <laughs> that's a dead baby yeah um so yeah he was told never to bring back dead babies to the place and that should ag- never be a sentence anyone yep. ever has to utter <laughs> he agreed and he soon left Vermont claiming to be dissatisfied with the school after a year there oh they won't let me keep dead babies under my bed God, how dare this? what kind of university is this <laughs> doesn't let dead babies in my bedroom <laughs> now um totally yeah yeah uh so yeah, that's why he left. Apparently, he's completely got nothing to do with the fact that he was found out to be a married man whilst having an affair and hoarding dead babies under his bed. Right? No, he was dissatisfied with the university. Holmes came back to his wife and son, and moved them with him to Michigan so that he could enrol in the University of Michigan's Department of Medical and Surgery. Now, uh, housemates at the boarding house, they say that they were staying out. Um, Sorry, the residents of the uh, boarding house that they were staying at, they claim he was violent on occasion with Clara coming out with black eyes and the like, you know. Yeah. Um, now, their union didn't last long. Clara left with little Robert moving back home to her parents. And now, with no family to hold him down, he could properly focus on his studies working under Professor Herman, who was the chief anatomy instructor at the University of Michigan. Now, this guy is learning everything you need to know about how you might kill a person with precision and how to dismember a body efficiently. Nice. This guy knows his shit now, all right? He is also hoping for extra credit, pulling on uh, and slicing into cadavers in his spare time. Okay, but he just can't 
help nicking the bodies of infants to dissect at home during term breaks. He did continue doing that. Yeah. So while at uni, Holmes and a friend hatched a plan. All right, they were going to make some money. That student life, you know, living on pasta and noodles and pot noodle. I reckon he was living on. Everyone loves pot noodle. They would take out life insurance plans on one another. Steal a body from the lab, mm. beat it, burn it, and claim it to be the other one and collect the life insurance money. Right. So it was almost foolproof. Not many people had access to bodies, so it wouldn't get flagged as a scam that easily. And uh, when a body is beaten and burned enough, identification is very difficult. So, you know, you can't say it's not him. Yeah, especially in those days. Yeah, exactly. So... Okay, sure. I guess that's him. And here's your payout. Fuck it now. Foolproof. And it worked for a little while. He graduated from medical school in 1884 and moved into Philadelphia working as a pharmacist. This didn't last long after a customer died from medicine prepared by Holmes himself. Oh dear, Holmes. Fishy. Mm. He fled pretty quickly, changing his name to Henry Howard Holmes and relocating to Chicago in 1886. Nice. He moves around a lot. He does move around a lot, yeah, which is weird because this is like a time where people just kind of stay put. Yeah. But, you know, I'm born and bred in this town and uh, I died in this town and all this shit. Now, uh, so Chicago, let's talk about Chicago at this point, okay? It is now 15 years on from the great fire that ravaged the Windy City. Of the approximately 324,000 people that lived there at the time, over a third would be left homeless by the fires that were started in 1871. And over 17,000 buildings were destroyed. That's a lot of buildings. That's a lot of buildings. It, like You could almost can compare this fire to the Great Fire of London, mm. which happened like a couple hundred years before. 1666. So, so it did, <laughs> yeah. A couple hundred years before. Um, and weirdly, more people died in this fire. I'm sure, did anybody die in I the fire of London? I think it was up to five. Not or many, less than five. Yeah, no, no, not many people died. No, not many people died at all. Five people died in the, uh, the beer flood of Tottenham Court Road, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, more, more people died in the beer flood of Tottenham Court Road <laughs> than the Great Fire London. So more people died in the Tottenham Court Road beer flood, and that was five. Yeah. So less people died in the Great Fire London. Yeah. That's how I remember that. Yeah, history. Um, <laughs> thank you, Merlin. Thank you. Uh, 120 people died in the Great Fire of Chicago. That was a lot more. Uh, although it's likely to be nearer to 300, they reckon they can't find the bodies because they were incinerated so badly. Right, that's a hot fire. That is a hot fire. Um, although, so was the Great Fire of London, and arguably yeah, there were as many people there as well, I, but I don't know. Whatever. Maybe people could run away quicker. Maybe, or maybe, as we discussed a couple of episodes ago, it's that capitalist lifestyle. Like, they had, like, if you can't pay for a fireman, you're not getting a fire put out. Whereas, yeah, like, uh, the Great Fire of London, everyone was just helping out. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there, so. A woman <laughs> could piddle it out. Yes. But most of the city at that time was made from wood, which is odd, because Chicago's a... It's kind Especially of a, called the Windy City, because wind would make fire a lot worse. Yeah, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, second biggest city in America at the time predominantly made of wood even the pavements or sidewalks if we're going to go there uh, were made of wood oh, and right. uh, that seems kind of intuitive That's yeah yeah uh and like as you put uh the nickname was the windy city it's rather windy in chicago it still yeah. is today uh it's pretty inevitable what was going to happen when the first embers kicked up yeah travel very quickly uh-huh so chicago had a huge rebuild on its hands all right which made it the city we know today all right 
it was the second largest city in America with New York its closest competitor. So game on. What was the first? Washington. New York. Oh right, okay. <laughs> I thought uh, it meant New York was competing for second. Oh no 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 no. New York was, I believe, the the largest city at the time. Right, fair. And so Chicago introduced new building regulations. They created buildings using steel skeletons, which uh, allowed the world's first modern skyscrapers. Right. Uh, so that's where they were invented, really. Okay. Land prices skyrocketed, making Chicago a wealthy city, and with more and more new buildings like skyscrapers being built, more and more business and people swarmed to the city, and Chicago had something to prove. They were fighting other cities like New York to be the host of the World's Columbian Exhibition, celebrating 400 years since Christopher Columbus's discovery of America. We'll get on to him. Let's not get on to him now, otherwise it'll be a for hours. Yeah. Genocide on Mania. Anyway. <laughs> and and did not... Apart, f- apart from the fact that there are Native Americans, the Vikings yeah. from Europe discovered North America, I believe, first. Yeah. Then Mr. Columbus came in and murdered many, many people. Yeah, and he calls them fucking Red Indians because he meant to find India. Because he's a fucking idiot. He just like, he got he went to the wrong place. He went to the wrong place, like, discovered America. He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we'll get on to him. So, uh, yes, it is the 400 years since Christopher Columbus's discovery of America. It's the World's Columbian Exhibition, better known as Chicago's World Fair of 1893. It would be a huge deal for the city, promoting their rise from the ashes to becoming the light in the Midwest. Which I found odd, actually, because I remember uh, when I was looking this up, why is Chicago the Midwest? It's the north of America, and it's not in the middle of it. But no, it's in the middle of it, not in the west. Uh, uh, is Ameri- I don't know much about America, but is it split into east and west? I don't know. Uh, well, so America here. Uh, 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 wait, on your side, New York's here. New York is the east coast. California's there. On the west coast. Chicago's there. In the middle. It's very much in the middle. So it's not in the West. I don't get it. Well, maybe it's because it maybe because they are split into West and East, and that is like in the middle of that. So it's like Midwest. Well, I looked it up. I think the reason why is it's 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 just an old name for it that's just stuck. Right. So this 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 part of America is like Midwest. You you'll hear it called like the Midwest. Yeah. Um. It it was at the time the middle of middle, middle of, of the, the west. west side of america at the time because yeah. it had not sort of maybe gone that far over to the west side of it right i don't know i think that's why tell us let us know because it's confusing yeah americans please help so it's this busy city that holmes has decided to make his home uh in august of 1886 getting himself a job in a drugstore in south wallace avenue now, he was a diligent and hard-working employee and eventually went on to buy the store he worked for uh, with a payment plan. Nice. Um, so, I say bought it. He never met the payments. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, he would always have an excuse for missing them, and this went on for so long that the lady who owned the store tried to sue him, but luckily, she disappeared completely, and whenever people asked about her whereabouts, Holmes would say she had gone to visit relatives in California. Well, I hope she had a very nice time visiting relatives. She enjoyed it so much, she never came back. <laughs> Holmes also married again in 1886 to a woman named Myrta Belknap and had a child called Lucy Theodate, name of his mother. Oh, okay. Lucy Theodate Holmes, who was born in 1889. Holmes lived with them in a town called Wilmette, an hour or so outside Chicago City. 
by the way, he is still married to Clara at this point, which makes him a bigamist. Oh, naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. That is illegal. You should not be doing that. Did you say Willamette? Yes. Is that, isn't that where Dead Rising set? It's a complete tangent. Is it Willamette? No, it's Wilmette. Oh, W-I-L-M-E-T-T-E. Right, yeah, it's different. Oh, well, carry on. Good game, though. Yeah, good game. So in 1887, Holmes bought an empty lot of land opposite the drugstore that he now owns and began construction of a two-story building for multiple use, such as rooms to rent, a shop front, and a new drugstore. And it was nicknamed the castle by residents around the area because it was massive. Yeah, you know, I said earlier, I recognise it. Yeah, this is it. This yeah? Is, yeah, I recognise so it. So it okay. was two-storey, and then later he got permission yeah. to go three yeah, yeah, stories. Yeah. yeah, okay. I'm with you. Yeah, boy. Now, the build was a complicated procedure. Holmes would hire architects, but never show them the plans for the build. He'd just tell them what he needs and where to put it, like a door here, a corridor down that way. Um, he was the only person who knew exactly what he wanted to see. Now, these contractors, they didn't hang around long either. He would sack them when a job was done and hire another one to take on another section of the building. He really didn't want anyone knowing anything about the layout of the place except for him. Right. His plans were great for this place. He even managed to get funding for a third level of the property. And the plan was to turn it into a hotel for the upcoming World's Fair. Now, he would never make back the money to his investors. Uh, no, the plan was that he would get back all that money to his investors, but he never would. All right? yeah. They'd never see that money back, nor would his hotel ever see technically a paying customer. Oh, well, that's a good business plan. Yeah, good business plan. He was a big-time hustler, able to talk his way out of almost any situation. This dude was like a snake charmer, but for cash in people's pockets, okay? He always had an excuse for not being able to pay up. And on one occasion, he had a safe installed into the wall. Inevitably, when the debtors came to collect the safe back for not payment, yep. his excuse was, okay, you can have the safe but you can't touch or damage any of my property, i.e. the wall that it is built into. Clever. Clever, because they were like, we can't get it out without taking the wall out. Yeah. They were like, well, you're not allowed to touch it legally. If you do, I will sue you. And they were like, well, fine, have the damn fucking safe. And so he <laughs> kept the safe. <laughs> uh, and this, among other safes, would help him out with his future career. Mm. So, uh, right, where was I? The castle would take a year and a half to be completed, and over 500 people will have worked on that construction. Um, I want that drugstore, so he wanted a new drugstore in the castle, and the yeah. one he'd bought previously that was across the road. He sold that, right. um, but he didn't tell the person that he was selling it to um, that the the, the 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 company came with shitload of debt. Oh, really? So the bloke bought it and then was like, oh, Shit. He's like, yeah. You've crippled that guy. <laughs> he crippled that guy as well. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> um, and also, uh, what's, you know, uh, uh, mad numbers. 500 people worked on this. It's just a three-story building. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And when I was like researching, I was like, 500 people? Uh, turns out, like I was like I was saying, Chicago is a bustling city. There are people coming to Chicago because Chicago is still technically being built yeah. from the ashes. Even at this point, it's still like... Uh, it's it's planning for the um, World's Fair. It's building shitloads of cool stuff going on at the moment. So there's jobs going left, right, centre. So he'd literally be like, right, I need a, I need a labourer. There'll be yeah. a labourer around. And there was yeah. 500 of 500 them. 500 yeah. Now, let's talk about the murders. One of his first murders in the castle was before it was officially finished. Okay, right. So uh, Julia Smith, she was a tenant with her husband, 
um, but also she worked for Holmes in his new drugstore. Julia and Holmes, they got on quite well and began to have an affair. He was quite the ladies' man. Right. Much to the annoyance of her husband, who left her and her daughter to live in the castle on their own, uh, Julia and Holmes, they continued their relationship, who is still married to Marta and Clara. (laughs) Julia and her daughter, Pearl, disappeared Christmas Eve 1891, and still nobody knows what truly happened to them. But whenever asked, Holmes would say she died during a botched abortion. Uh, I have have no words. Question, was it his child? Yeah, to be fair. Did he not want people to find out about the affair? We don't know, but it seems pretty certain that he killed her. Yeah. Holmes was a doctor himself. It's quite likely he was going to perform the abortion himself and just killed her and probably was like, I'll perform the abortion on you. Yeah. And then just killed her. Ah, We don't know. Um, so two other women happened to just disappear around Holmes as well Edna Van Tassel and Emmeline Sigrand Emmeline worked at the castle for a short time before she disappeared in 1892 both are believed to be victims of Holmes now it's 1893, dude. It's the World's Fair. It's kicking off. Chicago is booming. People are flocking to the city from all over the world. Over 27 million people Jeez. from 46 countries visited the Windy City. That's like, a lot of people. It was huge. Among these people visiting are young women looking to capitalise on this by finding work. And, of course, if you're not from the area, you're going to need somewhere to stay. Yeah, you are. Like a hotel, some might say. And Holmes World Fair Hotel was the place to be. Girls from all over the country, no baggage, no ties, disappearing without a trace, having entered Holmes's hotel. This place had secret rooms, corridors that went nowhere, trapdoors in the floor, soundproof rooms. Most of the rooms had chutes built into the floor that was greased up and led straight to the basement, where he had vats of acid, quicklime, and even ovens for cremation. It's not fucking Sweeney Todd. <laughs> it fully is, isn't it? Uh, Holmes made a big old hoo-ha about him going into the glass-bending business, despite one, being unqualified, and two, no one had ever seen him do it before and never <laughs> did see him do it, but that was uh, more like a disguise for having big ovens in his basement. Yeah. I'm bending glass. Okay, <laughs> where's Anna gone? <laughs> she's she gone to Europe to marry someone <laughs> which is one of the uh, excuses he had for someone going he was like oh she's gone to Europe to go marry someone oh okay okay random okay cool and then like on one occasion someone did like some some parent of a woman was like oh, she's, oh so she's gone to Europe to get married yeah okay cool never heard from her again they just assumed she died and that the um, the husband that she'd married was like not caring enough to let them know they were like okay she's dead it was a different world back then wasn't it different could, world couldn't check up on people oh yeah you're absolutely right so uh, do you remember the safe that you had installed that yes, couldn't get out yeah uh, there was a glass panel in them and that uh, Holmes would use that to watch people that he had locked in the safe uh, as they slowly died in the safe uh, some of the rooms even had open gas pipes into the room that would kill his victims. So, like, just gas them in the rooms. He'd made, like, a proper little torture. Yeah, den. murder house, like yeah. murder castle. So Holmes met a guy called Benjamin Peitzel. He's an ex-con who would become Holmes' right-hand man. He helped him with his cons, and in early 1893, Holmes met an aspiring actress called Minnie Williams. 
He wooed her and promised to marry her. Infatuated with him, she even signed over property that she had in Texas, which was then put under a different name and transferred to his partner, Peitzel. Holmes and Minnie presented themselves as married, with Holmes even taking out life insurance on her. Of course you know, he did. He gives, he gives a shit about this woman. He cares. Yeah. Okay. Now, Minnie's sister, Nanny Williams, came to stay with them and even wrote home to her parents that they were all having a really good time and intended to even take a trip to Europe. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was the last thing that they had heard from Nanny and Minnie as they disappeared soon after. Holmes claimed the life insurance on both of them. <laughs> yeah. He just did not care, did he? Nah, he didn't give a fuck. Now, people are starting to ask questions. Locals have noticed that people go into Holmes's castle and every few, uh, very few come out. And when questioned, they've either gone to California or moved to Europe to get married or died in a botched abortion. Yeah, a lot of excuses. A lot of excuses. None of it's me. <laughs> <laughs> He's going through staff members like nobody's business and they all must sign life insurance policies when they start working for him. There's so many red flags here and no one fucking... <laughs> yeah. Not only that, uh, insurance companies begin to notice that Holmes makes a lot of claims on life insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's made seven this week. Yeah, he's got a lot of friends who just happen to give him life insurance. <laughs> they're just they're very sickly friends. Uh, and they always come in disfigured. <laughs> they always got really bad, dodgy deaths. Um, but yeah, he uh, he also started claiming building insurance. So he started going down a different route as well. So Holmes was under pressure as more and more people began to ask questions and suspect that something was fishy with him. So... He planned to set his beloved castle on fire. The well, idea was that he would claim the insurance money and just start again in Texas, which is where he had a nice new property from Minnie. Yeah. He's done well for himself. He's doing well. So, yeah, that was his plan. He's going to get out. He's going to start fresh. Oh, yeah. Too many flags are being raised here. I yeah. need to get the fuck out, right? So the plan, I say, was to start a fresh scam here scam there make a bit of side money hustle bustle rebuild the castle Holmes is hustling by selling mortgaged goods um, which he's that actually arrested for and it's the first time he's ever been arrested it's the first yeah. time he's ever come into contact with the law for something that's completely unrelated to the murders completely unrelated like this dude's potentially killed quite a few people yeah. and it's like you stop selling that chair he's mortgaged like, <laughs> that's in that home and he's like ah sorry about that boss um, also this dude like I say is a proper proper con man people mm. who come in and chat to him they're like you owe me money or even police and he'd end up like having a good old chat and a laugh with him and they leave the house being like ah oh, Holmes you're a good guy and he's like yeah see you later yeah having a good chat is paramount of importance yeah he's got good chat so he met with a guy called Marion Hedgepeth um, and convinced him to go along with a con Marion Hedgepeth himself was a criminal they met each other in uh, uh, jail jail. so Holmes' plan was to fake his own death (laughs) and claim the insurance money on his life giving Hedgepeth $500 if he could source a lawyer who would go along with it. Yeah. Okay. Now, this plan didn't work. And when the insurance company got suspicious, refused to pay up. So plan B, Hmm. Peitzel, the right-hand man. Ah, yes. So he convinced Peitzel to basically just do the same con. um, But it was Peitzel's death that would be faked. Right. That was the plan, not not uh, Holmes. They've tried it, it didn't work. So yeah. we're going to do Paisal. Paisal, you're the man. You're going to be the full guy here. Like, yeah. We're going to fake your death. Um, 
Pintsville's wife, she'll get $10,000, which is about £300,000 today. Nice. Quite a bit of money. You have to. Yeah. Uh, and this would then also be split between Holmes and the lawyer that Hedgepeth found. Nice. And obviously, Hedgepeth gets $500 as well. Yeah. So the plan was this, right? The plan was for Pintsville to be the new, uh, to go under the new name of B.F. Perry. He's an inventor who would die by a huge lab explosion which would leave his body horribly disfigured, making identification almost impossible. <laughs> All right? As always. Holmes would then find an appropriate body to take place of Peitzel. Unfortunately for Peitzel, that appropriate body would happen to be his own. Oh, dear. As Holmes knocked him out with chloroform and set his body on fire. Fuck's sakes, man. Never trust this man. Why would you trust him? We're going <laughs> to use you as a dead body, but we're not going to kill you. Oh, that's okay, mate. You've already killed fucking countless people. I trust you. This place seems like a bit of a... Dumb fuck. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, good plan, boss. Good plan, good plan. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, but but first, Pites, but first, we've, we've got to put you to sleep. Uh, why? We're going to make it look convincing, Pites. Well, yeah, good plan, boss. Good plan. Good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he falls asleep and then he's sat on fire while he's asleep. Chloroform, but poor bloke. Bless him. I oh, know. He's like, <laughs> foolproof plan. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get a fake body. There's no more ground here. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I don't know where to get a fake body. <laughs> First, you must go to sleep, Pintzel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good plan, boss. So, uh, yeah. Not only that, he managed to convince Pintzel's widow to give him three of uh, her kids uh, into Holmes's care. Um, he's managed to convince the wife that he is still alive. Uh, Alice, Nellie, and Howard are the three children of Pintzel that Holmes has now taken on as his own. <laughs> right. Um, she was told that her husband was still alive and that the scam was working just as planned, but he wanted to take the children to go to identify the body um, that is definitely not your husband. Right. <laughs> um, and that he would then bring the children back. Okay, yeah. that was the plan. Right. Uh, the reason being is that um, the wife knows about the plan and he wasn't certain that she'd be able to lie convincingly in front of them all. Okay. So... Um, they told the kids that the dad was dead. Yeah. Which is going to fuck them up anyway. Yeah. So he told the kids that the dad was dead. And they're like, right, we're going to take you to come and identify your dad's yeah. body. Your All dad's right. not dead. But no, your dad is dead. Your dad he's is not really, dead. but he is. Yeah, but he is. <laughs> and you've got to go look at him. But he actually is. But that's not him. But it is. And they're actually <laughs> looking at the real dead body. And they're like, oh, that's not dad. No, that's dad. Yeah, it's <laughs> not dad. It is dead. It is your dad. <laughs> your dad's dead, mate. Um... So yeah, the wife knows she's in on it. The kids aren't, and that's why he took the kids. And the plan was then to bring them back. Okay, so let's say the gen the kids genuinely thought their dad was dead, and Holmes thought that the widow would not be able to lie convincingly. So Holmes and the three kids were then. So he lied to the widow and was like, "I don't know why he did this." He was like, "The insurance people are on our backs. We've got to go for a run. Let's leg it." So he then got like him, the three kids are going all around America. And then the widow is also going around America at his expense. He's paying for all this kind of shit. And yeah. they're all staying in like hotels and shit. And like homes and stuff like that. Okay. So, Holmes and the three kids would go around North America and even into Canada at some point. Yeah. Checking into hotels. Sometimes claiming that the kids were his. Sometimes he would claim that he was their uncle. And he would tell uh, Pitesall's widow that the insurance companies were tailing them. And so they had to keep going on the run. They were unable to go home just yet. So the adventure with the kids began to wear him down. 
He was immaculately dressed. He was quite a well-dressed bloke. You know, he's big like fucking walrus moustache. He was quite fancy with the ladies. Mm-hmm. He's still like, I think he's like 30 or something. Okay. He's still quite still a, a youthful to-do bloke. bloke. Yeah. Women still woo over him, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he's immaculately dressed. But the kids, they looked more and more disheveled as, by, as the day he was yeah. on, right? He didn't give a shit about them. He was not interested in buying them clothes and keeping them clean. He's like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. They're not my kids. Like, but he's like, but that's the story. Come yeah. on. Like, play the fucking game. Yeah. He was not having it. Uh, he had no caring uh, feelings towards these kids. And he snapped with the youngest, Howard. So he told the two girls that he was taking little Howard to go live with his cousin, Minnie, who he killed. Right. Remember, Minnie was one of them. Yeah, Minnie killed. Yeah. yeah. In reality, he took Howard to an empty home, killed him, chopped him up, and burned the body. Nice. All that was left were some bone fragments and teeth. And he then moved on to the girls by convincing them to get into a large trunk that had a hole in it. The hole was filled with a hose pipe that pumped in gas, killing the girls, and they were buried in a cellar of a home in Toronto. Right. So they're, they've been disposed of now. Yeah, he's got rid of the kids. Kids are getting in the way now. He doesn't need yeah. them. He's bored, I suppose. I think that's what he's bored of the fucking con now. He's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Get rid yeah. of them. Do it. Uh, bear in mind as well, at some points, Peitzel's wife, the mother of these kids, is mm-hmm. staying literally the other side of the street and she has no idea they're there. Yeah. Because he's like, go stay in that house. We're running away from the insurance people. We'll be somewhere. Yeah. She's no idea. Like, the kids are literally, like, sometimes 100 metres away. Yeah. And now they're dead. Oh, dear. Yeah. So, Holmes' time on the run came to an end when Marion Hedgepeth, remember the uh, criminal that was supposed to get $500 for finding yes. a lawyer? Yes. Um, he shared information on Holmes' scam. Because, of course, he had not been paid, but uh. he did find a lawyer for him. <laughs> yes, he did do him. it. He was like, yeah. but you haven't paid me. And he was like, nah, fuck it. The dude's a chump. Like, yeah. <laughs> he owes me $500. Yeah. Uh, the dude was a wanted man anyway. He was on trial and was going to court himself. So he was like, well, if I give you names names for a dude, would you, would you give me something like freedom, immunity? And they're like, yeah. yeah, sure, why not? So that's what happened. He gave them names. Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't get paid, so. Yeah. Uh, he was pardoned for his criminal career and uh, the judge let him off. Holmes was actually arrested for insurance fraud on November 17th, 1893. So not for murder. Right. Insurance fraud. Okay. Uh, he was murdered by the Pinkerton Detective Agency. He Heard was murdered? Oh, did I say murdered? I don't know. Did I say murdered? I think so. Oh, sorry. He was arrested. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> uh, yeah, he okay. was uh, arrested by the Pinkerton Detective Agency November 17th in 1893. Right. Uh, who are a very famous detective agency. Right. Uh, if you've played Red Dead Redemption 2, you've definitely come across Pinkton, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bastards. That's them, yeah. Bastards. <laughs> you don't kill fucking John I fucking... Know, John Marston's John kid. Marston. You bastards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't like them anymore. Mm. Fucking uh, killing Set up by a Scottish man. Yeah, the pink that rings a bell now because they, when you play Red Dead Two, they're there. Yep, and yep. then when you're watching Red Dead Two, if you haven't finished it yet, but like at the end, they're watching John Marston's farm. You're mm-hmm. like, you can fuck right off. Yeah, you know what's coming. Yep. Oh, <laughs> bastards! Still around today? Really? I believe so. Yeah. I'm gonna burn them to the ground <clears throat> for killing my. I don't think they're under the same name now. Favorite fictional fucking character. <laughs> uh, so Holmes, he's now arrested, and he's sitting in prison. 
and when asked about the children who left with him, he confessed to the insurance fraud and that the kids were with their father, who is dead. Right. By his hands. <laughs> <laughs> yep, still alive, still got the kids, he's good. They're, they're with the dad and they're somewhere in South America. Obviously, this didn't fly, yes. <laughs> as, as the children were eventually found. Yeah. Uh, in October of 1895, Holmes was found guilty of the murder of Benjamin, Benjamin Peitzel, the dad, and he was sentenced to death. Um, so he was only sentenced for one murder. Yeah, after committing countless. Yeah. Um, I suppose they could only prove him on one, though, couldn't they? Exactly that. Exactly that. There was sort of no real like evidence enough to even say that he did anything in Chicago. No. In fact, um, uh, the the true crime author I was telling you about earlier, Harold Schechter, has recently recently come out and said, "Do you know what? I'm, I'm sort of suspicious, and I'm not even certain that he did kill anyone in that murder house." <laughs> really? Yeah, which is really annoying because <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode is fucked. Yeah. Um, but you know, it may have happened, it may not. But this is what we got. Um, as far as we're concerned, it did happen. For the purposes of today's but episode, it happened. It's, it happened, and there's nothing to say that it... Well, there's there's not enough really yet to say that it didn't. I think he's saying, like, maybe not as much happened in the house as you want, we want to believe, and that yeah. he reckons that a lot of it is uh, just 20th century hype. Yeah. People really wanted a good story, so they wrote things. more than actually happened. So maybe there wasn't shoots that went down into the basement. Maybe there wasn't the gas chamber. We don't know. It does sound all very far fetched, but then it's what well, it could be real. crazy, a crazy time. Um, mm. So yeah, he was found uh, guilty of the murder of Benjamin Peitzel, sentenced to death, and he was convicted. After he was convicted, sorry, he decided to confess to uh, twenty-seven other murders. Although it was found out that most of them were still alive. And uh, the others were just attempted murders. So even then, most of those were like just lies. It'd be funny if they did actually all pop up in like in Europe and everywhere that he said. I know, right? What if he was telling the truth the whole time? Yeah. They've gone to Europe to meet someone. Nah, they haven't. No, they really have. They genuinely have. <laughs> Christ. Uh, a newspaper also stupid. A newspaper paid him for uh, confession. They wanted his confession. They were willing to pay him, and they did. They paid him seven thousand five hundred dollars. Mm. In which, yeah, he confessed to like so many murders. He was like, "Yeah, I killed loads of people. Give me the money." And they gave him the money, and it was all false. He lied again. Yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking con man. He's a liar. <laughs> Not only is he a murderer, he's a con man. Yeah. He's, and he's bloody good at it. Yeah. At what point did you think, "Oh, we'll give him seven thousand dollars, and he'll tell me the truth"? No, he won't. But why would you confess to murders? You're also, like, you're gonna get that money. What's he gonna do with it? He's you're gonna get the world. money, and then yeah, you're gonna be executed or put in jail or whatever. Yeah. What's he got? I don't know. Weird. I mean, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff he's come out and said in interviews and stuff before he was killed was, like, oh, it was lies. Yeah. So, uh, on May 7th, 1896, Holmes was hanged until dead, mainly because his neck didn't snap on the initial hanging like nice. he ought to, and so he was left uh, to hang, suffocating until he died. Hmm. And this took around 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, he's just sitting there doing the so old Tyburn jig. Lines, yeah. yeah. J- jiggling about as you sort of like that's why it's called a Tyburn tree what what have you just had a that, I've, I never knew what that meant a brain fart I was always because I was always just used to sing that and not know what the fuck it was yeah so whenever you were on front door jester front door jester me and Ryan and used went... to work together at London Dungeons there was a song about a Tyburn tree yeah uh, and, and I always used to s- just sing Tyburn tree not caring the world about what it was tree, yeah. and it just it was people hanging from a tree so, uh, in London, near Myland, yep. that's where the Tyburn tree was. And it wasn't a tree. It was uh, a triangular 
Uh, so pic- picture a triangle on stilts. Yeah. Laying flat. Yeah. Not a pyramid, an actual just flat triangle yeah. on stilts like I that. And you could hang out. I think it was like six, six, six. You could have like 18 people hanging just from one tree. Yeah. Uh, and then like, yeah, that was a big thing. It was like 18 people, boom, all done. And then obviously they'd sit there and um, just, you've got the type and jig, which was when your body when convulses you convulsing, and yeah. shakes and all that sort of stuff when you're suffocating to death. And that was, that's the type and tree and that's the type and jig. Well, there we go. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. There you go. You've learned something, guys. Uh, you can go to the spot of where the Tyburn tree was. You can see it. There's a little plaque on the floor, and it says this is where the Tyburn tree was. I went on a on a tour, and they took me to where New- the old Newgate was, which is just shit now. Mm. And they st- in the middle of the like the in the middle of the road, they were like, "This is where the gallows was." It's just a road now. Yeah, like a big crossing. It's like um. Oh Christ! No, I haven't got it. Forgot it. There's a pub as well by by with the old Newgate. Where if you ask them if you can go into their cellar, they'll take you, and that's where the prison used to be, like a death row prison. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I like that. But the old Newgate's fucking shit now. Mm. Not even. I don't think it's even a museum. No, I don't think it exists. The prison's gone, isn't it? Yeah, it's really boring. Yeah. Really boring. Oh well. Um. Yeah. So uh, that's Mr. Henry Howard Holmes. Hello, Howard Holmes. Mr. All the H's. <laughs> So, yeah, well, I think the more I've sort of looked into Holmes, the more I've been like, right, was he actually a mass murderer? Mm, or was, was he it? just a really good con man who did kill people? Well, if you kill people, you're a mass murderer, surely, if you're killing people en masse. Hold on. I need to find out. Uh, <laughs> what is the body count for a serial killer? Yeah, what's it count? Surely it's just more than one, isn't it? No, no, I think it's like four. Really? Yeah. Uh, hold on. Right. What makes a serial killer? Because Jack the Ripper didn't actually kill that many people. Well, he's got... Uh, five? Five. The canonical five, although there is thoughts that there may be more. A serial killer is typically a person who murders three or more people, usually in service of abnormal psychological gratification, uh, with the murders taking place over more than a month and including a significant period of time between them. There's a right, the, okay. most murders have a cooling off period and they do it again. Which technically Holmes I suppose has. So, he's so murdering in Chicago allegedly and then he leaves Chicago and it has a little time away, then he kills Peitzel. And if you kill people like say you go into a crowd and kill loads of people at once, you're just a mass murderer? No, he's a mass murderer, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A serial killer is just someone who kills indiscriminate people. Yeah. People right. indiscriminately. There we are. Another uh, thing learned. More knowledge is more power. Oh, so um, there was a. There's like a. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's like um, an ancestor of H.H. H. Holmes. He's, he goes by the name Mudget, which is Holmes' original name. Right. Um, he's like. He comes out and was like. H.H. H. Holmes was actually Jack the Ripper. Bollocks, you in America? Bullshit, he was not. He was not. Uh, 1888, we discovered, wasn't it? He was born in 1861. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think the times don't really match up properly. No, Jack the Ripper will never be solved. Jack the Ripper will never be solved. H.H. Holmes was not Jack the Ripper. And also, this is just a guy almost true to his ancestor trying to fucking make money out of something yeah literally <laughs> this dude's just trying to make money out of his ancestors to being a murderer yeah. and a con man he's yeah. trying to some money out of it H.H. Uh, H. Holmes was not Jack the Ripper no because he was based in America not Whitechapel London there's loads of stories of people like on, on death row and they're about to be hung there's like one story of a bloke and he's like any last words or something and as, as like the rope's about to be pulled he goes I am Jack the 
<laughs> and that's it. Like that's his last words. I am Jack the and that was it. He's I'm, not. I don't think Jack the Ripper was ever caught. No, although there is a really, really uh, convincing idea that uh, Jack the Ripper, if he was around, ended up going to Australia. Really? Yeah, it's a really cool, weird story. I'll try and look it up for you at some point. But um, yeah, it sounded like he was Australian or he moved to Australia. And actually, he was Liverpudlian and stayed in London for a bit, did the killings, and then went over to Australia. Yeah. And that's where he lived. Because there's like, after Jack the Ripper's killings, there are some killings in Australia that are relatively similar, MO wise, mm. to his ones, like throat slitting and all that kind of shit. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try and find it. After I'm sure this our mutual friend, who is very clever and Jack the Ripper stuff, has the theory that it was all like um, Freemasons and all that, doesn't he? Oh God, yeah. He's got a really interesting uh, Mason Masons theory, um, but also one that I really have now taken to is that uh, his third victim, Elizabeth Stride, because she was she was Swedish, right? Yeah. Um, and it was something like she was outside of a gentleman's club having a chat, what not chat, having an argument with her boyfriend. And then she was found dead later in that same um, alleyway, sort of dead. Yeah. It was like, she'd just been having a chat with her boyfriend. Like, maybe it was. So, uh, when did Jack the Ripper come in and actually kill her and then fuck off? Yeah. Um, and so, actually, there's like a theory that actually she's not one of his victims. She's not. And that she was killed by her boyfriend. Because she was killed by like a pen knife. Jack Ripper never used a pen knife. Yeah. So it's like the the weapon don't fit, it's the MO don't fit. Is that the one where her intestines weren't over the side of her shoulder? Because there was one, wasn't there? They think that you were startled and had to run. No, I think she was. Because all the others. That's, she's the knight of the double murder. I think she's the dub, one of the double murderies. Mary Jane Kelly was part of that. She's double a double murder, murder yeah. Catherine, Ed- I don't know. I can just name you the names, and I don't know when they were. The thing is, all the girls knew how to do it, wasn't it? It's Catherine Eddowes, Mary Jane Kelly, Elizabeth Stride. Who was the other one? No, it was, it was uh, yeah, Liz Stride and Catherine Eddowes was the double event. Yeah. And uh, oh, MJK was the last. MJK one. was in her flat. Well, she was the last m- one, wasn't she? She was the last one. Yeah. So it's like Liz Stride, the uh, Swedish girl, yeah. killed by a boyfriend, not Jack the Ripper murderer. Yeah. Because everyone goes on about... Because she was just killed... I think she's like she's got her throat slit. Yeah. And then uh, they're like, oh, he was disturbed. Which yeah. is why she doesn't fit the MO of all the other girls. Yeah. And then he went on to kill Catherine Eddowes when he goes full on mental on her in, uh, in, in Mitre Square. Yeah. Well, I think uh, as Terry goes on about saying, it was like, well, he's only got like 40 minutes to do that. Yeah. It's not long enough. Yeah. He's not got. He's got no time to do any of that. He's got to get from like this part of London to that part of London and do the killing. It doesn't make sense. Like the timings don't make sense. And I'm like, yeah, do you know what? I'm bang on that. List Ride is not a Ripper victim. I think we're gonna have to organise a Jack the Ripper episode. We're gonna do it. Oh, we're gonna get Terry in. We're gonna do a Jack. Yeah, Ripper it'll be episode. when I'm back down in London. So let's say not February, March. We'll, we'll try and organise it sometime. Sometime around just uh, probably just after Easter because I'm going to. Florida. Florida. We'll try and organise it. We'll get on that because I think it'll be sick because we're going to have to hire out a studio and stuff, aren't we, for that one? Yeah, that'd be really cool. So, yeah, we'll say we've got some things planned for 2020. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll get a really cool Ripper episode for you guys. So, that was the story of Henry Howard Holmes. I hope you really enjoyed it because that was quite good fun researching that one. Um, and, yeah, nah, that is the, that's the last, the last episode this for month? this month today. Who's coming next month? Who fucking knows? Yeah, who's next week? You'll find out next week. Yeah. When we record it next yeah. month. <laughs> because next time we'll be in my gaff in Birmingham. That's right, yeah. Um, so it's February 7th. 
And we will see you again uh, February 14th, which is Valentine's Day. Is it? Yeah, next week will be Valentine's Day. Christ, I've got a month to find someone to love me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, enjoy Valentine's Day next week. We'll see you next week, guys. Um, Join us on all the social medias. uh, Twitter, at that's WPD. Instagram, that's what people do. Uh, Facebook, that's what people do. Podcast. I always get those two mixed up. And, um, yeah, drop us an email on that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. And we will speak to you next week. Ta-ra.